me officially welcome you, Pippa Grant, to Fresh Fiction. Thank you. We're so happy to have you tonight. (laughs) Thank you. I am excited to to be here. Awesome, because we had our in-person book club last night also, and there were so many people that were reading different Pippa Grant books across different series, and you heard some of us already, even before this recording, reading it. And I admit, I had my little fangirl moment earlier in the year when I saw you at Book Bonanza because oh. I was not blocked. I was like, I can't wait to get back to it because I'm almost done. I have like 30 pages to go. <laughs> oh, oh, that's the worst when you only have that much to go. And that's about the time when there's some singing going on in that book, if I remember right. Yes, I was cracking up. <laughs> we will get into definitely. But let's start off with some easy questions, supposedly. Okay. Tell us a I'm- little bit about yourself and how did you first get started writing uh my name is pippa grant i am um a mom and former military spouse i say former military spouse because my husband's retired now so it's like i don't actually know what i'm supposed to call myself if i'm am I a retired military spouse i think so maybe um because like he he was Good active work. duty he retired we're still married <laughs> this is the complicated awkward version of who are you Um, I have a cat. I have three kids. We moved to our dream house in the mountains about a year and a half ago when my husband retired. And I have been writing since I was eight years old. I heard somebody mention Judy Bloom earlier. And like, I wanted to be Beverly Cleary or Judy Bloom when I was eight years old. So that's, that's my, my villain origin story. (laughs) I started writing. Um, But I, I also once I got to be a teenager, I got super involved in things and I was reading less and I decided I wanted to make money and support myself instead of being a starving artist. And so I decided to be an engineer. And then I married the military and it turns out that you can't really be an engineer very well when your husband moves like three times in the first year that you're married. So uh, <laughs> so I went back to writing and now 20 years later, here we are. So what kind of engineering? I'm curious because I'm also an engineer. Oh, are you? I'm a, a computer engineer. Well, I, I say I'm a recovering engineer now. What kind of engineer are you? Electrical. And so oh, I work. Fun. So, and again, weird journeys. But nowadays, you can always go back. I mean, yeah. Remote work. Oh, absolutely. Not to abandon the writing because we have to have more books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But times have changed, right? <laughs> They have. They so have. But, you know, like engineering was cool, but I think that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do now. So that makes me happy. (laughs) Well, what was that transition like then? I mean, okay, so yes, you started writing at eight, but going from an engineer to Mm -hmm. traveling with the military, how did you actually buckle down and start writing where it then became what it is today? Um, I discovered romance novels about the same time that I was having like a personal who am I and what am I doing crisis as a young bride who was, um, I was living the furthest I ever had from my family and I didn't know anything about military life and I ended up working at a, at a, hold on, Walden Books. I was working at a Walden Books, their calendar kiosk in the center of the mall at the holiday time, selling their calendars. And that's when I got back into reading. And as I got back into reading, 
I was like, you know what, I want to write. And so I started writing initially as self-therapy. Um, and then when I told my husband what I'd been doing, he said, well, that's really awesome. Let's get you published. And so I worked for the next four or five years. Um, I did eventually, we settled someplace where we lived for four and a half years and I was able to get uh, more technical jobs with government contractors, but I would get home at night and I would write and I would lay in bed until 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning, just daydreaming. And then I would get up and I would write. And so I, like, it's like I had found that thing that just fueled me and gave me joy and that I wanted to do all the time. And then kids came along. And so things got a little more hectic, but I just, I wrote through all of it. I like to say I predate the Kindle <laughs> because I was, I was writing and querying agents and editors in like 2005 and the Kindle didn't come out until 2007. So, so I am a dinosaur, <laughs> but it also means I am a font of knowledge about this industry. And it's always, it's so funny to me sometimes to talk to my friends who have come along in the last five years or so. And they'll be like, they'll say something and I'll be like, no, have you ever heard of this? Or have you heard of that? Or have you heard of this resource? And they're like, who are you? Where did this come from? But I, I've been around for a long time. <laughs> Well, have you found that your stories have changed over that time? Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, and they, I think it feels like it's sometimes a cyclical change and it's sometimes just like my stories grow with me and I grow and I put the things that I learn into my stories. Um, my biggest transition point in my career came in 2017. Um, I initially wrote under a different pen name and I was just burnt out and I was tired and we moved from Washington DC to Dayton, Ohio. And I had, my youngest was four, my oldest, was nine. And so we had kids in different schools and different preschools, and we had had kids in daycares and different things throughout the years that we were in DC. And I was just so, so tired. And I, I felt like I wasn't hitting the market right. And my books weren't growing an audience. And I was very frustrated. So I almost stepped away from writing. But I read Chris Fox's book, Right to Market which inspired me as a business person. And then I started sampling the books that were at the top of the charts. And that was a time when there was some stuff going on in Kindle Unlimited where people were stuffing a whole lot of books in the back of books and, and just gaming the system basically. And I, those books were not to my personal liking. And so I decided that I was going to figure out what they were doing right. And I was gonna do it for myself. I decided that I was gonna write a book that was going to cap capture everything that seemed to be super popular about the books that were on the top of the charts. And I was like, and I'm gonna make it a success, darn it. And I, honest to goodness, I didn't think I was gonna make it a success. <laughs> I was just throwing a temper tantrum. And I was like, well, it's gonna be one book and I'm gonna put it up there. And, and you know, there was a really, this was Mr. McCotty and it, there's a really, really steamy elevator scene. And my husband's office knew my pen name and I was like, Mm-mm, mm-mm, we can't have them discussing this book at the water cooler at his office. And so that's why Pippa Grant was born, was so that my husband's office would not be discussing my book at the water cooler. But I went from writing in third person to writing in first person, and I turned off all of my filters, and I just let it go like nobody was ever going to read the book. And I had the most fun. It was the most fun I had had writing a book probably in like eight to 10 years. And it just like, and I, I've loved writing a lot of my books, but this one, this one had that special something, you know? Um, 
And I had no idea that the Pippa Grant name would become as successful as it has <laughs> over the years. I thought I'd toss up three books and be like, well, that's a failed experiment. And, and instead, here we are. So yeah, like I got super spicy for a while and I feel like my spice level is tamed out a little bit, but you will always find the funny. The funny is the one thing that has always been my core. So I will always stick with the funny. And that's one of the things I love also, because it's not just funny. It is laugh out loud, cringe funny, right? I mean, you, you just can't help it on some of these scenes. And at the same time, even though it's so funny, I'm over here cringing at some of the moments. And, and just like, oh my God, okay, where, where is this going to go, right? Mm -hmm. And you can't put down the book because you want to find out what is that next thing. And I heard through the grapevine that when you are writing, you are also cackling. <laughs> It's not a success. <laughs> it is so funny that you say that because I was telling somebody not half an hour ago about my husband sneaking out to the side of my office like three weeks ago. I, I'm working on a book for April that is probably one of the funniest things I've written since Mr. McCotty. This, this is funny. Like I love it. It's going to come out. You're all going to be like, What's she talking about? This isn't funny, but I am cracking myself up. And my husband snuck outside my office. He recorded me laughing and he sent it to my assistants. And I didn't know that he had done that until I was like, I was all typing away and just like, <laughs> and more. I was, I was laughing hard. Um, and then I noticed I had a text message. <laughs> it was him sending me laughing. And then I had a lesson and I was like, I was so into it that I was like slamming my hand on my desk and like guffawing it was so anyway april's gonna be a fun release <laughs> i'm excited about it i'm excited about emma's book which is the third book after the gossip and the grump too that's coming in january like that one's gonna be good too but like april's gonna be next level <laughs> we're all excited awesome to hear yes definitely <laughs> again with all there are just certain things where it's so relatable so like i was saying mm -hmm. i can cringe at moments but i'm cringing because i could so easily see some of these things happening you know, somebody's healed yeah. i mean all of these awkward situations that just add to the story well and sometimes they're based on real life <laughs> okay since you've already brought up the elevator i'm gonna go for more of the funny scenes <laughs> yeah <laughs> based on real life i mean are these okay are these situations that are happening to you are they things that you're observing and you're you know my, kind of a bit of oh i'm gonna have to that one in a my favorite my favorite actually i have two favorite examples one has not made it into a book yet this just happened recently but like the <laughs> every friend who was there looked at me and said you're gonna Put this in a book aren't you but the one that actually happened um i had a book release in in august called not my kind of hero and it opens it's about a woman who has moved her teenage daughter and herself to a ranch that she's inherited in wyoming and it opens with them inspecting a building and they're standing at a window and looking out and there's like just a screen maybe not even a screen and there is a bear eating a dead cow right outside the window and they are freaking out because like there's a bear eating a dead cow and they're like what is this bear like 
I don't, I don't want anything to do with this bear. Right. And so like, you know, the hero comes riding in on a horse and scares the bear away and it's fine. But that was inspired by the fact that when we moved um, at one point in the past, our house and like, we have just a couple acres, but the, there were people who lived here who used our house as a hobby ranch and the land is a hobby ranch. Like there were like longhorn cattle here and apparently some cows died in that process. And so there was actually a dead cow in our yard and we didn't know it when we bought the house. I didn't know there was a dead cow in your yard. There was, there was no disclosure and it was like, everything's kind of hilly and there's a lot of trees. So you can't always see everything. There's like boulders. <laughs> My husband and one of my kids was out walking and he texted me a picture of a bear. And I was like, where's my baby? Where is my baby? What are you doing with my baby? What is going on? And he texted back, we're fine. The cow just wants to eat the dead or the, the bear just wants to eat the dead cow. So like that, <laughs> it's like, I'm going to do this. Like behind the scenes, we called that book, the dead cow book until my editor was like, marketing says we have to stop calling it that or else we're going to end up like calling it that in public and nobody's going to want to read that book. <laughs> <laughs> but last week I was at a cooking class where there was a whipped cream explosion and I, I, I <laughs> was like living in one of my own novels with how it all unfolded. We were just all sitting there and then one of the participants in class was like, I want to use this whipped cream gun. And she went to spray it and it just went poof. <laughs> coated coated in whipped cream just like she was coated one of the chefs was coated two or three of the other participants had it in their hair um there were there were some shelves with some product the product had whipped cream all over it so are the pets of pipiverse also inspired by real life encounters not frequently but i the um marshmallow who is the dog in the last eligible billionaire who is a failed therapy dog that was inspired by a TikTok or an instagram reel that i watched with a dog that had like flunked out of like therapy dog therapy dog school <laughs> but but not one that i had met in real life i'm trying to think if there are any dogs or cats I mean, I have, I had two cats. One has since left us. Now her sister is left with us. And so I have a geriatric cat and she's just amazing and sweet and the tiniest thing. She weighs like four and a half pounds and she's just also very opinionated, lets <laughs> you know when her food bowl is empty. Um, but no, I think, I can't really think of any that have been, none of the pets I don't think have been based okay. on real life. I'm picturing this menagerie of not just the dogs and the cats, but you know, the parrots and goats yeah. and, and all sorts of things. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, one question I do have, because normally I like reading things in order, but for your mm -hmm. books, I have jumped around so, mm -hmm. between all these series and yet so many are in the same universe and there's references to characters and people in other books. How do you keep all of those straight since it's not just across a single series across multiple ones i mean like oh. burger Twins, for example right i mean yeah. they pop up in a lot of different stores who i yeah. absolutely love by the way yeah but so many different characters where it's like do you have a notebook i mean do you just keep it all in your head so, so we have we have a dirty bible 
um, which is just a list of all the characters and occasionally like things will get added in each new book that's important. Um, but it's, it's not, it's not super well organized. One of my readers actually made um, a couple charts about how everybody is tied together and made a timeline with when each book happened so that I can track, I, I go, I go consult that if I'm like, oh, is there a kid? Did I name the kid? How old is the kid? And like when all else fails, I will pop into either my ARC team group or into the PIP squad, my reader group on Facebook. And I'll be like, does anybody remember if these people had a kid and what their name is? <laughs> Somebody will. <laughs> so so I, I crowdsource <laughs> information about my own books sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty good at Googling and I will, I'll ping my assistants as well. And I'll be like, do you remember this? So like going public and be publicly being like, I forgot. Can you tell me like that? That's my last resort. But, but I have used it on more than one occasion, <laughs> but I do, I don't like it when I, can I tell you that I actually changed a character's name one time in um, Liar Liar Hearts on Fire. The relief pitcher's name <laughs> was Logan Stafford. And then when I wrote Jock Blocked, his name was Trevor Stafford. <laughs> and I did not realize it. So we had baseball cards made for the whole series um, that went into a book box about a year ago. And we made up interesting stats about the different characters. And on, on Trevor's card, it says, used to tell people his name was Logan. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I try really hard to not have that happen. But every once in a while, I'm human. I make mistakes. <laughs> With all of that, though, with the different characters, are the characters the inspiration behind kicking off a new series, or do you end up with the idea behind it? How do you usually make those switches? Um, sometimes it's because I want a challenge and I haven't tried something before. Um, sometimes I feel like I feel like my, because my worlds are so interconnected so often, um, I know that it gets hard for readers to find a good starting point. And so sometimes I'll make like a strategic business decision to write something completely different so that if somebody looks at my, my series and they've heard that they're all interconnected, they don't feel overwhelmed. There's like, well, here's a sample. Here's like just a standalone sample for Pippa Grant um, or like the three BFFs and a wedding. I wanted to write something in Colorado because I just moved here. And so I was... I had wanted to write a wedding book. It had been a while since I'd done that. Um, I wanted to write about three best friends because I love girlfriends and it all just sort of, I'm very much a mood writer. So it, I was in the mood to do it. And so that's where I went. I, it combines mood and business strategy. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I'm in the mood for this. And my editor will be like, I don't think you should do, well, you do what you want, Pippa Grant, but. <laughs> Well, as a reader, I'm also one of those mood people too. And so again, with your series, that's where I've picked up different things. Like, and I can't explain it, you know, for some of the sports stuff, because I don't play sports. I don't like to watch sports, but I read them all the time. So it's like, mm -hmm. I'm in the mood for a hockey book. And then I'll mm -hmm. start down, you know, that path. Oh no, no, I want to do baseball. And, but then you've got the boy bands. And like you said, now with the destination weddings, there are all these different pockets, but there's so much fun to see the different spins on it 
-hmm. So when you were talking earlier that you were daydreaming, I mean, is that kind of how you see some of the books? And as you're, as you're cackling writing, I mean, is it essentially a movie playing in your head? What's how I'm I'm less visual and I'm more word-based. And so like, I hear the words in my head, like I'm reading it in a book and then my brain just sort of fills in the picture. If that makes sense, that seems kind of weird. Um, with kids, I don't have enough time to just lay in bed and daydream anymore. The way that I used to, I miss it, but I daydream in the shower. I daydream when I'm going to sleep. I daydream. I don't cook anymore. That's my husband's job now, which is lovely. Um, but yeah, I, I'll daydream when I'm driving to get the kids from school, which I don't do as much on the windy mountain roads <laughs> as I would. Straight shots where you're not going to hit any elk. Um, <laughs> sitting in line, waiting to pick them up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I steal the daydream moments when I can, but I don't get to just lay in bed and do it anymore. Well, with your kids, I mean, I'm doing the math right. Your eldest is in those lovely teenage years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that like where, I mean, like with Nakati, right? I mean, it's like, these are scenes. Oh, yeah. How is that? I've realized, like, his peers could read my books. And he, he has not expressed interest in it. But my middle kid, my middle kid was like, Mom can I read your books? And I said, yes, when you can say the word balls without laughing. <laughs> he was like, oh, <laughs> I was trying to practice. Oh, no. I was like, no, no, you have to go like a whole two and a half or three months of saying balls without giggling. Cause you, like he's right in middle school right now. And so every time he giggles about something and then my youngest who's still in elementary school is like, that's so gross. And he's like, oh, you'll think it's funny in middle school. So like, we're at such fun ages. Um, but you know, we're very open with the kids about what I write because I, I feel like it would be two-faced of me to be like, well, mommy pays the mortgage and also we're not going to tell you how, you know? And so <laughs> we try to just like, there are no bad words in our house. There are words that are appropriate and inappropriate to use at various times. And the kids know, like I walked into my daughter's bedroom one Monday morning and she had missed her alarm. And I was like, honey, you got to get up. And she said, but it's Saturday. And I said, oh no, sweetie, it's Monday. And she went, oh, and you know, and you're like, you can't be mad at a kid for that because that's the most universal feeling in the whole entire world. (laughs) But it's the same thing with the steamy scenes. You know, I'm like, I know that they're going to find these. I know that their friends are probably reading romance novels that are likely even steamier than mine at this point in time. And so we just keep open communication as best we can in the house because they're teenagers and they're only going to tell you so much or ask so much. But um, my kid talks to me a whole lot more about this stuff than I ever would have with my parents. So even if I'm not doing it right, I'm doing it better. <laughs> that's where I'm at. I mean, that's always one of the things we've talked about in the past is like, isn't it better for kids mm-hmm. to come across these where you have healthy relationships in the books? Yeah. And, and again, and I, just because we've mentioned it already, but with Mr. McCauty, right, where, mm-hmm their sex scenes and then the other one that I was reading during book bonanza with jock block where 
the main character is a virgin and yeah. how he yeah. is and it's the he um mm-hmm. that's the virgin right and going through all of the the ups and downs so to speak <laughs> yeah it's yeah. good to have that range and, and to mm-hmm. see all of these things because again I think that's one of the things with your books right it, it's the relatability aspect of it yeah and the, the good relationships I like good relationships <laughs> make me happy (laughs) and you know like I know there are so there's such a wide variety of books out there and like there's a book for every reader and a reader for every book and like I know that sometimes I don't understand what's popular and I know that a lot of times people are like I don't understand why Pippa Grant is popular so like it's all good we all find what we like I just I'm in my happy happy space with funny books with people who talk about their feelings (laughs) and communicate with each other I want to switch over to what we call our fresh fiction facts. These are okay. some quick questions meant to be kind of off the top of your head, not meant to stump you, but it does sometimes happen. <laughs> Never fails, right? All so, right, I am prepared to be stumped. <laughs> who would you most want to be stuck in an elevator with? Oh God, you stumped me already. No, wait, I, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> because I just want to talk to the man and pick his brain about some really weird things for a while. I think that would be fascinating. And a lot of weird things I think he would have lots of opinions on. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What mm-hmm. is something that you own a ridiculous amount of? Tea. <laughs> Different types of hot tea? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We will have questions in the after party about your team. <laughs> Just a hint for others. Yeah. <laughs> you hang out with a clique in high school? I had a small clique in high school that I hung out with. Yeah. And I didn't feel like we were the popular kids. I felt like we were the nerdy kids. And looking back, I realized that I could have fit in with much broader groups than I thought I could. I always thought that nobody else wanted to be friends with me. So when I found that, that little, like, that nerdy group that I clicked with, like that, they were it. And I, I had my best friend and then I had like, she was a year older than me. And then I had my group and my own year group and, and they were awesome. And we hung out and had fun, but not because we wanted to exclude people. We just felt like we all fit with each other, you know? What is something that can immediately take you out of a story, either that you're writing, reading, or even watching? Um, Ooh. <laughs> When a character does something dumb like that, and I, this is a me problem. This is like, I, I do coaching with Becca Syme. She talks about like using your own personality to really like maximize your process. Right. And so I've been like, I'm really picky about books. And she's like, she looks at like my personality test results. And she's like, yeah, you are. (laughs) We haven't even talked about books. And she's like, no, but I can look at your test results and I can tell you like, this is why you're picky about books. So I'm like, oh, so like if a character does something that I am like, why would you No, How could you not see the impact of what you're doing? It's going to cause all these problems. You could just, no, no, no. Like, like, don't, don't do that. Like, don't open that door. Don't open that, you know, like, 
don't open that door because yeah. you know when you open that door like bad things are going to happen and even if it's necessary for the plot you're like no no please don't open that door that that will that makes me exit a story <laughs> well on the flip side what is your most dog-eared or reread book oh probably the count of monte cristo i read that one in high school and i used to reread it about every year for probably 10 or 15 years it's been a while. I'm due. And I was freaking out because it was like one of Henry Cavill's early movies. And I'm like, he mm -hmm. looks like a baby in there. One of those classics, definitely. Yeah. Yep. What road trip snack do you grab all the time at the gas station? Pringles. Because you have to make the duck lips while you're traveling. <laughs> also like they don't get the cheese dust on your fingers so you're not gonna have cheese dust yes. on your steering wheel <laughs> you can't have something that's going to mess up the car right right be in that snack again so it's got to be something easy portable yeah yeah yes definitely it's okay pringles kidnapped but they return you three hours later because you will not stop talking about what Probably Ted Lasso. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know why anybody would want to return you for talking about Ted Lasso for three hours, because I could talk about Ted Lasso for hours on end. So they would clearly be bad kidnappers. Um, I'm sure there are annoying things that I talk about, too. <laughs> Probably shouldn't admit to them in public. <laughs> What talent do you wish that you were, had been born with? I wish that I could sculpt things like with clay, you know, like on a pottery wheel. I just think that would be so cool. But also I have a, I have a conflict with this dream for myself because after 20 years as a military wife with all the times that we moved and we downsized our stuff and we purged our stuff, I cannot in good conscience take a hobby that actually requires me to make things that stay in my house because I feel like then I'm just going to have to purge it at some point in time and so it feels like a waste so this is like a total like neurotic me thing here but I have always wanted to be able to make pretty pottery what is even if I don't keep it <laughs> where was your favorite place to be stationed oh that's a really good question. Like we made the most out of every place that we were stationed at. So I like, we spent a lot of time in the deep South, which was lovely for the weather in the winter time. I loved DC for the friends that I made while I was there, especially in the Washington romance writers group. There were just such an amazing, amazing group of women there um, that I miss seeing on a regular basis. Um, we enjoyed living in Dayton, Ohio because the kids were happy there. We spent a lot of time there. I think we spent seven years there total, almost um, total over two assignments. Um, and it just felt very comfortable. But yeah, I don't know if I could pick a favorite favorite though. That would be hard. Well, you're in Colorado now. Yeah, that's my so favorite now. <laughs> where would your dream vacation be? Uh, oh, yeah. Hi, Meg. Yes, I miss you guys, too. Um, I saw you and I was like, I know, Meg. Um, dream vacation. 
I, because I live in the mountains, I would probably go to the beach. I just love the sound of the beach. If I could live in the mountains on a beach, that would be my dream. But there's, there aren't a whole lot of places that you can do that. <laughs> so. What is one piece of clothing or accessory that everyone hates, but that you secretly love and will never get rid of? Uh, sweatpants. I don't think everybody hates those though, but it's like, I want them to be so normalized that you can go to the group, that you can like go to a gala wearing sweatpants. <laughs> Get the right kind, maybe. I have a pair that I bought that are all sparkly and glittery. Ooh. So wear it with the right thing. And if you yeah. have no shame, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am the opposite of a fashionista. So I'm like, if I have to put on jeans, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is a bad day. <laughs> okay, here's a new question that I had just added. What is one word that you can never pronounce right? Oh, now you've stumped me. I know there's, I know there has to be one. I get very... Like, like my epitome. I, I've never said epitome. My husband said epitome and I was like, you mean epitome. Um, but it like, it's not saying it right or wrong. It's just like, you know, you've only ever read it. Like I did not know how to spell the word segue until I was talking to one of my assistants over text message. And she said it four years ago, I am in my forties. <laughs> now I know the word segue, but I don't, I don't know the one that I pronounce wrong. I know there has to be one. I just can't think of what it is off the top of my head. Well, with that, of course, we're always interested in what's coming next. Mm -hmm. So you know there is a third book coming in the three BFFs. Yep. What else should we be expecting? So there's the Emma's book and the three BFFs. And then in April, there is a book set in Copper Valley um, that is <laughs> it's just delicious. Um, <laughs> and that's all I can tell you about it right now. Um, but, and that's, that's really all I know for certain, um, as far as like release dates, but I might like the last week, my brain has engaged on, okay, we're getting close to the end on the April book. It is time to focus on what's coming next. And so I'm thinking something possibly Hallmark movie inspired wow. around next, okay. late next fall. We'll see, though. I can't well, commit I to anything. Always a twist. Always. So what is the best way for our readers to keep in touch with you and find out the details of what is coming next? Uh, so I have a weekly newsletter called the Pipster Report that has... Um, you can sign up on my website, which is pippagrant.com. And I love to have cameos from my characters every single week in my newsletter, because I know how much my readers love visits from the Burger Twins or visits from, you know, the pets or visits from the recent characters. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of fun with the Pipster Report. Um, and that'll be where you find out things like my signed paperback store is going to open up again next week, I believe. So like if anybody's shopping for Christmas presents, um, find out that the paperback store is open, you can sign paperbacks, find that out next week in the Pipster Report. Um, 
I also have a very active reader group on Facebook called the Pip Squad. And I have a minimal social media presence everywhere else where there's regular updates posted, but a whole, not a whole lot of interaction because I, it turns out I'm not really good at social media. I'm good at being a hermit and like living in my blanket fort and writing my books. <laughs> and I'm embracing that about myself these days. <laughs> well, I think we can all understand and relate to that. Don't worry. <laughs> a hermit quite yet because even though okay. we're wrapping up the portion stick around for the happy hour with our readers where they can ask you some additional questions sounds awesome All right thanks for tonight Pippa. thank you